Hello and welcome. It's Trucking Answers, the podcast, coming to you through your ear hole that you don't have to look at me. And that's pretty good for you because it's the end of the week, you know, and no showers and flip-flops getting kind of ripe. So I'm here as your host, Mark, and I'm here with my co-host, Gracie, who's an orange tabby who has abandoned me today to go look at birds. So I'm very disappointed in that, but I'm happy that she's awake for more than 10 minutes at a time. The country of the week is Mexico. One download only for Mexico? You're so close, but so far away. What happened down there? Why are you in a tie with Belarus for downloads? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I expect better. So hopefully those numbers can double by the next podcast. If you're from Mexico, please write to me. And I'll translate what you said, and I can figure out why there's only one download in the whole country of Mexico, even though they're right there and we do so much business with the country and everything. Uh, disappointed. So we'll have some trucking news and uh, some automotive news, and then in the third half of the podcast, we'll have a reason why we are not yet on Mars. Today, I want to talk about car inspections and freedom to travel and how all that goes together. What? Yeah, so I want to start out with that. So, talking to a friend of mine, and this goes with a lot of other things, and uh, we're talking about car inspections. Here in Indiana, we have freedom, so you don't have to go get your car inspected and have a government official approve your mode of transportation. And he said, well, you know, uh, where I'm from, uh, cars get inspected, and, you know, that way the cars are safe on the road and uh, all that. And I said, and I said, well, who cares? You know, it's not up to you to determine what other people drive. And the problem, of course, is that people that have less money have less ability to keep a car, you know, in tip-top shape like that. Look, I've been, uh, you know, down. I bought a $200 car once. Would it have passed inspection? Probably not. All right. Probably not. So would would it be okay that the government, because I won't, uh, can't pass inspection, doesn't let me get to work? All right. Is that a good plan? So you'd rather have people, you know, on welfare or whatever because they can't get to work because they can't go and finance a $40,000 car? I mean, that's not a great plan. And he said, well, you know, travel, uh, you know, is a privilege. Driving is a privilege. And I said, where's that listed? You know, where people always comment on that, some kind of privilege. Where's that listed exactly? Where's that? Well, Constitution. I said, is uh, driving's not listed anywhere in the Constitution. Tenth Amendment powers not, uh, you know, uh, delegated here, reserved to the people, to the people. The Constitution doesn't give the government power, limits its power. All right. The government doesn't have any power. You have all of your rights already. The government doesn't give them to you. They're your right to start with, including travel, including travel. All right. So whatever contraption you can get down the road. Look, in 1840, you think you had to go pay to get a license to go travel? Get a horse and go? No. All right? There was, why we've allowed this? Oh, you need a license. You need a plate. You need a registration. Why do we allow any of this garbage? Okay? If you feel that there's an unsafe vehicle on the road, stay in your house. All right? So, but don't limit somebody else's freedom because you're scared. All right? That, I don't ever like that. I don't like that at all. So, um... That goes right along with a, a mandate. Oh, yeah, that might limit your ability to travel, wouldn't it? And you know who's against that again? Who came out even stronger? This time the head of U.S. Express was talking about it, Mr. Fuller and the ATA. And they were all talking and said, look, 
you know, this is going to drive people to smaller carriers because it's 100 person. And I'm like, bingo, that'd be the best thing that happened to people if they uh, left some of these large places, right? Perfect, perfect. What they commented that I didn't even realize, 97% of carriers have 20 or fewer drivers. Now, they put it out, oh, well, that will, this will result in, uh, you know, shortages or whatever. No, because there'll be the same number of drivers. If you leave a big place and go to a small place, there's the same number of trucks on the road. All right. And they'll know smaller carriers will be able to pick up some of the freight from uh, these other places. So that doesn't that doesn't change the number of people on the road. It just changes where you work and it makes it harder for them to get people. But it doesn't make it harder for the industry to continue because there are the same number of drivers. And since there's that much, I didn't even realize that it shouldn't be any problem for people who want to to go to a carrier that has less than 20 drivers. Certainly if they have less than 20 drivers, they have less than 100 total employees at their place. No problem there. So you'll just you'll just be able to move over to one of these uh, smaller places if that's what becomes necessary at some point in the future. And if could this go on your physical? It could, but look, if that happened, right? Uh everybody'll be announcing that and you just go in and get your next physical. That'll get you some buy you some time anyways. So there's always that kind of thing if it comes down to that. All right. So don't think anything about that. But don't uh you know, don't tolerate these inspections and any of these other kind of things. You know, why we let this happen, it's just uh it's just sad. We I'm glad that nobody is coming to overrun us or tax our tea because we'll just go hide in our homes instead of going and doing the the right thing i wanted to talk about the mark of excellence which i'll be putting on company slides and uh you know companies may be using that kind of thing you'll see it it's uh something that i'm developing similar to michelin star for restaurants it will be for trucking companies and they'll have to meet a few requirements to get the mark of excellence and that is as follows no mandatory driver facing cameras all right no, uh, well, not no, but they have to have an APU, an EPU, or allow the truck to idle at the driver's discretion. So they can't determine like, oh, well, that has to be 95 out. Right, it has to be up to you because you're the one that needs to be comfortable. They cannot use a Greyhound mandatory. It can't be a mandatory Greyhound. They can't share a room. When you come there, you get your own room, all right? This isn't Boy Scouts. And if they do train people and they're students, they don't know how to drive or they're new to driving, there's no team training. The trainer must be up at the entire time that the student is up. Now, some places have a driver go out with another driver for a few days or whatever, and that driver is an experienced driver. So for them to team, that's one thing. But because you're not showing them how to drive, you're just showing them something about the paperwork or communication system or whatever that's one thing but no team training now people said mark why don't you have something to do with pay people should get 50 cents or 60 cents or you know with a certain amount there's too many different ways people get paid in the industry some people get a salary some people are getting hourly plus overtime some people are getting a flat uh, rate some people get a minimum guarantee with extra. Some are getting a two. I'm seeing this two hundred dollars plus thirty cents a mile. So I'm seeing you know like bar none pays a daily pay plus a load pay. There's too many different ways to determine what a week's pay is and what it should be. And part of that is where you live and all those other kind of things. I believe that companies that follow 
these uh, things that I've set out for the mark of excellence for treatment will be better paying companies. But of course, always do your research. You know, a company that will do all these things for you to start with is probably a better company anyway. And if you think your company qualifies for this, let me know so that uh, I can put something out for them as well. As we wrap up Driver Appreciation Week, I got a hat. So just wanted to tell you that, got a hat. So pretty impressive. There's a there's a, a barbecue grill, kind of a charcoal grill sitting out there. But uh, I was not invited to a barbecue, nor did they offer a barbecue or anything like that. So uh, pretty interesting that it's sitting there. Never see it. So it's sitting there waiting for you. But I assume it's just lunchtime for office people is what they're doing. And since I'm not in there at lunch... Um, I'm not getting the uh, barbecue from them or whatever they're cooking out there, you know, the dogs or whatever exactly they're cooking up there. So I missed that, but did get a hand of surprised, surprised. They kind of whip it at you because, uh, you know, they don't want to get too close to you. But still, it's still something and I will treasure it forever. I feel really, really treasured. So this was sent to me. Driver said, hey, you know, my company wants me to go in the scale and that way they can keep a low point rating and I can make some money. What do you think about that? Because apparently this company pays for, you know, inspections, a few hundred dollars or whatever to get a good inspection, however much it is. And But the company wants good inspections. So they're like, go in the scale and ask them to inspect your truck. Would you do that? Does that sound like a great idea, like some kind of good plan? Um, here's the answer. No. <laughs> say no to that. Just say no. Okay, remember that? This is another reason. You don't go in there and ask them to inspect you. What if they find nine things wrong with the truck, put you out of service, and give you a $3,000 fine, and you thought the truck was great? Okay, not a good idea. Do not go in there and ask them to inspect you, even if you're going to get paid for it. That is just asking for trouble. That's like buying a used car and going down to the police station and go, hey, you know what? Uh, there's probably no drugs in here. Why don't you inspect it? You know, stupid. It's just complete stupidity. Do not do this. Do not go in there and beg them to go out and try and find something wrong with your truck. Hey, I dare you. I double dog dare you guys. Then they have to do it. So definitely don't say that because it's a requirement then that they come out and do it. If you double dog dare somebody, they are required to do it, as we all know. We all learned that in second grade. So there's no question they would have to come, have to come out and do it. Don't go in there and put yourself up for inspection. Please, I mean, what kind of company asks people to do this? Plus, the company's taking a big risk through that. Something could have happened five minutes from the scale. And so they're risking these points as well. It just doesn't make any sense. I know they're saying our equipment is good, but stuff can happen. It's a mechanical thing. Stuff can happen anywhere. You may not know it, and then you get inspected and don't realize that you're out, now you're out of service. You have an out of service on your record. Don't do that. Please do not tempt fate. Don't go in there and ask somebody to come and inspect your truck. I was reading about this big survey. So they surveyed a bunch of drivers and asked them a bunch of, bunch of goofy questions, apparently. And here's some answers that drivers gave. Now, I'm surprised at some of these. What do you think? 96% of drivers said they feel appreciated. Is that Could that possibly be? I mean, 96%? Most of the time, when you read stuff, 80% or so people don't even like their job. And this is across all fields, not just driving. But 96% of drivers, who did they ask? Did they just go ask America's road team, which I call America's suck-up team? Is that who they asked? Those people? I mean, who exactly are they asking? 
this question too. Do you feel appreciated like your job appreciates you? And I, maybe this is just, uh, you know, something that I have. But it's just, remember, it's just a job, okay? They don't have to appreciate you. And you shouldn't expect to be appreciated. You're there to work to make them money. That's why we're there, to make them money. Otherwise, they would not have us there, no matter what company it was. So that's all you're there for. They're not family. They're not Olive Garden. Okay, they're none of those things. 56% of drivers were proud that they support America. All right, I guess depending on what you bring, um, you know, maybe not, maybe anything. But, uh, you know, it seems like some things would be more critical than others to bring. I don't know. Either way, 56 less than appreciated felt appreciated at their job. <laughs> so only half the drivers think they're supporting the country, but most of them think they're being appreciated at their job. I think they got that reversed. 25% of drivers said the biggest problem, the biggest you know hurdle for them to overcome is hard uh, days and long hours and days gone from their family. They can change that anytime they want to, of course. So that's not something that they can really complain about because they're accepting it. Remember, you, you get what you will tolerate. But 22% of drivers right behind that, they didn't think that was the worst thing. Being gone from their family, not the worst thing. Finding parking, that's the worst thing from them. You know, okay, I don't have to see my family, but dang it, I wish I could find somewhere to park this truck at night so that I could walk into the J in that smoke-filled, you know, dank room with the door that stays closed with all the uh, mold growing in it and everything so I can call, get out my phone card and call my family and say, you know where I am today? Yeah, me either. 57% of uh, drivers thought that the best part of driving was that they could take advantage of long periods of home time. When exactly does that happen for road drivers? What is a long, I guess it, they didn't really say what it was. So what is exactly a long period of home time? That was over half the drivers. So apparently there's a lot of drivers on the road. Half of you get long periods of home time. Now, the last one, which I thought was really interesting, 53% of drivers thought trucking is a reliable second job. 53%, well, 53% of people they asked. What the heck does that mean? Who has trucking as a second job? You go and do, what do you do as your first job? I mean, are these the brain surgeons I talk about all the time that are also, uh, you know, deliver patio furniture in the afternoons? I just don't, 53% thought it was a reliable second job. And it, it meant, you know, like not your first job. Like, oh, okay, I'll pick this up part-time. I'll pick up a little bit extra. I don't see a lot of ads, rarely. I do once in a while for trucking part-time. Like you could pick this up as some kind of second job. You'd have to fill out logs for everybody. And uh, it would just be a mess because you're logging the other job too, right? And it's compensated work. So I thought that was really reliable second job. I don't get it. For those of you that don't know, on October 4th, 6 p.m., Central Time, I'll be live at Dot Transportation in Mount Sterling, Illinois. That's right. We're going to do a Q&A live right here, not right here, right on YouTube, where I also have trucking answers, and uh, that should be a lot of fun. So I hope to see people on the live stream there at 6 p.m. Central Time, that is a Monday, from beautiful Mount Sterling, Illinois, which is world headquarters of Dot Transportation. So they're going to have me come out there. And it's going to be a lot of fun. So if you have some questions for DOT, thinking about DOT Transportation, uh, which is a company that I think is doing it better. So 
and they actually have different types of home time like seven on seven off four on four off so there's those kind of options among many others you can just be off weekends you can be gone they have all kinds of different stuff that they do so among many other things so get your questions ready uh, for that day and be on youtube at 6 p.m central time on october 4th and we will do it in the q a section so in uh, automotive the second half of the show arkansas is buying a bunch of chevy tahoes yeah and they're going to use them for left lane enforcement because they just passed a law in arkansas that if you hang out in the left lane, you're going to get booted out of there. You're going to get a ticket or whatever. You can only stay out there at a certain period of time. And I think this should be everywhere. Left lane should be passing only. Stay right. Left lane to pass. If you are not passing somebody, get over. Do not be in the left lane. I don't care what you're in. A car, motorcycle, doesn't matter. Left lane should be passing. Anyway, if you saw these Tahoes, they commented and had a picture of one. The markings, Arkansas State Police or whatever, are only in the passenger door. So they can cruise along and see if people in the left lane are really moving. So when you come up to them on the left side, there will be no markings on the Tahoe on that side, on the driver's side of it. So if you're passing them, say the speed limit is 70 and you're going 85, you pass them. There's no markings on your side. It's only on the other side. It's the weirdest thing. And that will let them know. And also, if you are in the left lane and say the speed limit is 70 and you're going 65 and they pass you on the right side, on your right, all right, they are going to pull you over and give you a ticket because that's not allowed. You must be out there passing in Arkansas for this new regulation. I just thought it was really strange. There's no lights on it either. They're in the grill or whatever. It's not a marked unit other than on the passenger door where it says something and presumably a plate if Arkansas has weird police plates. Ford is leaving India. Oh, yep, they couldn't figure out how to make cars there in India. Do you know Indiana? India, like many countries, has a weird tax system. This is what gets places. The taxes jump huge on vehicles that are more than 13 feet long. And let me tell you, that is a small vehicle. So I looked up the length of our Escape. All right. And so all of you that know what a Ford Escape, how big that is. That is 15 feet long. <laughs> All right. So it's going to be two feet shorter than that to not get impacted by this tax. Plus, gas is expensive there. So you need a small car that is good on fuel, generally diesel. And, of course, what is Ford great for building? Pickup trucks, right, which are nearly 20 feet long. But those don't go over good there. So what are they trying to build tiny cars and they just can't figure out how to make a good small car they haven't had a great small car since the pinto right can we agree on that so ford is going to leave india which means the eco sport which is sold in the united states was made in india which is completely useless it's the next size smaller than the escape and has a swing out back door among other things and it's really tiny looked at one in person okay open that door there is no room you're gonna lucky to get one body back there maybe maybe and you're going to fold it up or cut it in half you know and that requires two hefty bags then and uh, you just that's just not something you want to do so you that's the best you're going to be able to do ford they're going to stop making cars there 95 percent of cars sold in india are twenty thousand dollars or less what do you think about that we don't hardly have any cars sold here that are under twenty thousand dollars new a few of them junk boxes and a few good ones but you know probably 
10% of new cars sold in the United States are under $20,000. There's only a few in that kind of price range where you can go. And I'm talking sticker price, not what you actually negotiate with your friendly local dealer. Now, the third half of the show, I want to talk about a reason we're not on Mars. Now, this is Dateline Houston, Texas. All right, the sweaty armpit capital of the world from the humidity. So these two geniuses, which were likely on their way to a Mensa meeting, thought, you know what, let's stop by a Burger King and see if anybody's car is open. Now, here's the other side of this. If you have valuables, what do they tell you to do? Cover them up. Don't leave them in your car. Don't take a bunch of expensive stuff with you and leave it hanging around because there's a bunch of morons that'll steal your stuff as soon as look at you. Anyway, so some goober parks his pickup truck there to go in and get a Whopper. And what's in the truck? An iPad and $5,000 in cash. Of course, because everybody does that. It did not say why he had $5,000 in cash in the truck. Okay, you would say, Mark, that's legal. I understand. It's just not smart. Anyway, they open it up and bazingo. What do they get? They get a jackpot. They take his iPad and the money, which apparently was just sitting on the seat in $100 bill stacks. Okay, I don't understand it. Anyhow, then they leave, and when he comes back, his stuff's gone. He's like, dang. That's exactly, that's a quote, by the way. And he calls the coppers, all right? And so they come out, do a report, and they go, I don't know, we're not going to be able to do anything because apparently the camera at Burger King wasn't working or was covered by French fry grease. I don't know. So he goes home, and the next day, he gets a ping. When your iPad connects to Wi-Fi, it backs up your pictures to the cloud. All right, I have my pictures backed up from Android to the cloud as well. And you take a picture, it gets backed up to the cloud when it connects to Wi-Fi. His iPad did that too. These two Mensa members were back at the same Burger King. All right taking pictures of themselves with the iPad that they stole. Every picture that they took got backed up to the cloud and he, it's his cloud account, got alerted. They were taking pictures of themselves with the money at the Burger King the next day. He sent the pictures to the police. It turns out of all things, if I don't, I was really surprised at this, they have a criminal record already. I know. I know you're surprised as much as I am, I'm sure, but they do. And the police knew of them and went and arrested them. <laughs> yes. And then they actually got most of the money back and he got his iPad back. So uh, I guess they'd only spent like $20 at Burger King or something. So for lunch. So it's just really something. Here's the thing. Do not take pictures of yourself with stolen things especially when you're using those stolen things. And if you're going to steal technology, you need to understand how it works. All right, everything gets backed up to the cloud now, and then he got alerted, and I think that was great. No, still no word on why he had that much money. Uh, look, go deposit this or do something with it. Or at least don't leave it sitting on your passenger seat, okay? I mean, uh, that's just not a great idea. There's a bunch of idiots out there, and this kind of thing could happen to you. All right, so... Uh, that's what we're going to do today. And remember, what this podcast needs more than anything to stay going is a sponsor. So if you'd like to sponsor just a third of it or a month of it or however you want to do it, 
If you think your company would make a good spot, let them know. Tell them to write to me, and uh, we'll give you a finder's fee for that because we got to keep this podcast fired up. It costs money to run a podcast. It does. So that's what we're doing today. Everybody be safe out there. And uh, thanks for listening. Check out the YouTube channel, of course, and we'll be back soon with another podcast.